Um, we're going to um, discuss, I hope we can make a, a little clarification, hope we can, and you know, about providence and miracles and all that kind of thing. And over, we're going to meet today. We're also going to meet Wednesday night. I turned, I found out that. Um, so we'll have a couple of times to, to look at this. And, and I did understand that even Wednesday night, I know some of you live a long way away. Uh, it'll, it should be online too, so um, you, can, you can tie all of this in. Basically, and, and hopefully you've studied this and read this. And um, it's on well, it's on the should be the front and back. I don't like to do front and back, and we made some copies in there. I hit 50 of them, and then I found out that I did front and back. I don't like that, but I wasn't going to redo it. So, uh, providence of God, the providence of God. Um, be while I we're going to hit a couple of highlights here. Be turning to Isaiah chapter 38. It's not in your notes. You want to, you want to put, I've got a lot of scriptures that uh, you want to put in your notes. But Isaiah 38 is one of them. And we're going to kind of notice some, do a little comparing and contrasting. But, but there are people who view God created the world. It's called deism. They have no problem with that. God created it. He, he set up certain laws. You know, the laws of gravity and all the stuff. All the laws. And, and they freely admit God did that. And then God rested and He still rested. There are people who believe that. There are people who believe that everything is a miracle. I mean, really. <laughs> um, Boy, uh, and we use that, I know we use it sometimes with a little bit of poetic license, I get that, but, um, you know, um, someone recovers from an illness that was a miracle. Uh, someone finds a parking place on a crowded street, a miracle. Uh, we, we go to a parking lot and it's 115 degrees out there and there's a parking space under a tree. But it's it's a miracle. Um, everything is a miracle. They, a lot of people think. Or I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but not too much. Um, now, there's no question that the Lord has done miracles, and many of them. No question. We're going to look at one here in a minute. John, what does John 20 verses 30 and 31 say? You can paraphrase if you like. John 20 verses 30 and 31. And many other signs did Jesus in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written, why? That you may believe. Okay, so in the first century, there was not a written down Bible yet. At the beginning of the second century, there was. And God said that, and Jesus said that, you know, a lot of these miracles that I did, it was because I'm a good God. And people who were blind, he couldn't see, and all these things, issues of blood, he did it because he had compassion on people. But he also did it that you would believe what he said. Now, if a person raises the dead and he's got something else to say to me, oh, you got my attention on that, sir. And that was 
So, and the, did the apostles have the ability to do miracles? Oh, yes. Did they raise the dead? They absolutely did. They did all of that. The Bible wasn't completed yet. So, if they're doing all of these things, and you're listening, you're not sure about all this uh, Christianity stuff, but these guys are, are doing the same miracles or similar miracles that Jesus did, I believe you got my attention too. <clears throat> but you also remember that in Acts chapter 8, I don't, have that, I don't think I have that in your notes, but Acts 8, when they found out that the Samaritans had accepted Christianity, if the apostles had the ability to pass on the ability to do miracles, why did they need the apostles to come to Samaria? They didn't. The answer is they didn't. So they came down and they laid their hands on people. Uh, because this was not revealed yet. They're gonna, it's a new church, new Christians, going to need some help. So um, it took the apostles to do that. What happened when the last apostle died? The ability to pass on all of those um, um, gifts were died with the last apostle. Now you can go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, particularly 13. How long does it last? And 1 Corinthians 13 will tell you all that. Till that which is perfect has come. What, how, what does James call in James 1 about the law of liberty? Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. So it has come. It's right here. There's no more adding to it, and there's certainly no more there's no taking from it. So we have to be careful how we use the word miracle, but there is no question, no question that God has the power then, He has the power now to do anything He wants to do, like we heard in our lesson this morning. Why? Because He's sovereign. He reports to nobody. What he wants to do, he does, and we say, yes, sir. That's okay with me. Where does it say the perfect law of liberty is? Page 127. Uh, then, there's what I think is the biblical view, but, you know, all this is not, you know, I call it providential care. Or providence, if you, if you just want to, you want to shorten it up. And you notice how I've got that uh, written here, that, that um, well, let's just look at point number two. Well, let me go back up to C of one. The biblical view recognizes that God providentially operates in the world today by what? Supernatural law? Natural law. I had a person tell me, it's been within, a, within the last year, that said, oh, you're, you're the folks that believe that God doesn't perform miracles, or that God only... Uh, yeah, but God doesn't perform miracles. And I said, well, uh, no, He performed miracles. Are, are you saying that God only works when He can perform miracles? Oh, well, I don't have to answer that. God set things in motion, but He cares for His world, and He cares for you and me. And he, um, the word, the Latin word means foresight. Does God have foresight? Yes. So providence concerns God's. Now notice, this, I got to highlight even in my notes that providence concerns God's support, His care, and His supervision of all things, of all creation. And it's the opposite 
of fate, of chance, and of luck. I don't even like the word luck. Sometimes it'll slip out. I don't believe in luck. I, I, I don't. Now, time and chance happens to all. The Bible says that. Um, I'll give you a real quick one. Uh, this happened in June. What are we, July? So it's, it's only a month ago. A little over. Uh, we, we support a preacher in Ohio named Jimmy Lee around the Dayton, Ohio area, and they, they had a bunch of tornadoes came through last month. Killed several. And Jimmy wrote in, uh, in one of his blogs that there was this lady, an older sister, who heard the tornado coming. And she went to her bedroom and was praying. Please spare me from this tornado. The tornado hit her house wide open. Destroyed it all except the bedroom. Now you figure that out, you let me know. <laughs> Did God hear her prayer? Did He use natural means to save that woman? I believe that. Was it a miracle? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, by answering her prayers, does it make it a miracle? That's right. That's a good point in the book of James. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous, I'll use man, but person. Now, if God is here, then why do we pray? It makes no difference. Obviously, that's not true. Um, does He have to perform a miracle every time we ask Him to heal somebody or to, to please spare my life from this tornado? Just quit praying then. If not yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Okay. So, uh, it's not fate, it's not chance, it's not luck, and sometimes Christians die. A lot of times Christians die. It was according to His will. Remember He said, you pray according to my will. Well, it was according to His will that day in June that that tornado spared that old sister. And it, it just it demolished everything down to the foundation but yet her bedroom was still had a roof over. Now, let me know when you figure it out or, you know, when, you, when you explain that. But I know uh, that's providence. God, what's the root word of providence? Provide. God provides. If it's according to His plan and His will. Now, I want you to turn. It's not in... Or be sure to write this down in your notes. Um, Isaiah 38. And I'm going to take just a little detour. I've been thinking about this for two or three days. I'm going to do it. <clears throat> Hezekiah was the king. Hezekiah, good king or bad king? He was one of the good kings. And God told him, God, he was sick. God said, um, Isaiah, you go to him, tell him, get your house in order. We appreciate that. And God gave us time to do that. Get your house in order, get ready to die. This is a good man, a good king, who did a lot of good in the kingdom. He's going to die. Hezekiah immediately was weeping and crying and begging and praying that God spare him or give him some more time. Isaiah did not get through the palace. God came to Isaiah and said, go back, go back. Go back and tell Isaiah, I heard your prayer. 
and I'm going to give you 15 more years. Um, now notice in Isaiah 38 and verse uh, 21. Now Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and apply it as a poultice on the boil and he shall recover. So evidently, Hezekiah must have had some sort of a, a pretty serious infection. What do they call it? Septus or something like that? Where your body just becomes poison. This boil was so bad. Now, did God? could God have said to Isaiah, heal him, you don't have to do anything, and you heal him? He could have. Did, what, did, did, uh, did God perform a miracle right then? Or did He providentially heal Hezekiah? If, he, if it was a miracle, why did He have to take a lump of figs and make a poultice and apply it to that boil and He was cured in a few days or a week or whatever it took. It doesn't say that. That wasn't a miracle. Let me show you a miracle. Chapter 38. Isaiah says, or, or Hezekiah said, evidently he was thinking it at least, and God said, uh, I'm going to show you something that I'm, what I'm telling you is the truth. Look in verse, um, let's go to verse 5. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to you 15 years. Does God see our tears when we cry? And look at verse 7. This is the sign. That what I'm telling you is the truth. Behold, I will bring the shadow of the sundial. The sun had evidently gone down. And you know, maybe you've got a sundial in your yard. You know, those little ornamental things. And he said, I'm going to bring the sundial back 10 degrees. Providential care or a miracle. What does the law of physics and the law of astronomy and the law of whatever say? You don't do that. You cannot do that. You can't. God did. He said, what I'm telling you is I'm going to perform a miracle so you'll get it. So do you see the difference in the same chapter? One's a miracle and one's God's providential care for listening to His servants pray to Him. Now, a lot in the world today would say he was healed and that was a miracle. Well, God certainly could have healed him with a miracle. He could have. That, that's, that's, that's child's play for him to, to heal up a boil. <laughs> Kidding? But he said, he's going to live, heard your prayer, saw your tears. Now, that's just what I want you to do. Now, what if, what if he had not taken a lump of figs and applied it as a poultice on that boil, what would have happened to Hezekiah? He's dead. Just, just that simple. Margie? He had to obey something seemingly yes. foolish. Yeah. Like yeah. we do. Yeah. Margie? When, I, when my mom uh, broke her second hip when she was 99, the doctor said we cannot do surgery she has a low blood count, she has a fever, we're just going to send her home. 
And I said, she's got it broken. Oh, her hip will heal. But she's 99. Her hip's not going to heal. You know, I mean, what can I do? So I know that the church here prayed for her. I prayed for her. The next day, after they gave her antibiotics and blood, two, two pints of blood, they performed the surgery. She came home and she could walk a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I truly believe that that was God's providential care. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, we got a call one Sunday afternoon, maybe five years ago, the elders, and said that John Revis has had a massive stroke and he's not going to live. And he's in the hospital. And the doctor said, no hope. No hope. It's too far gone. There's a massive stroke. So the elders went back there and they said, would you pray for John? We did. I saw John. <laughs> but when he recovered, it surprised me. Isn't that shameful? I was surprised that a man who the doctors had given up on said he's dead, he's going to be, he's not coming to again, he's in a deep, he's in a deep coma. His stroke has just killed him. And the elders, we held hands and uh, prayed for him. Glory to God. I don't know. But you didn't know whether God was going to say yes no, or No, we not. didn't. We didn't. We didn't. But sometimes we act like we're surprised when he answers the prayers. And that's bad. When you see a miracle, it happens instantaneously. When you see providential care, it happens over time. Yeah. There is not one single miracle in the Bible that took over an instant of time. That's right. That's right. And John had to go through months of therapy, how to speak again, how to think again, how to read again. But God answered the prayer that day. Now, you know, providence. Doctors are very smart people, most of them. You think that's providential? That God lets us, doctors, understand our bodies and as smart as people like that can be? Absolutely. Providence. Providential care. How did they get that smart? How did they get that smart? A long budget. It did. It did. But he just didn't wind us up like little ducks. And we just go walking down until finally we just wind down. Uh, I do have a question though. Yeah. Um, because I don't know. I'm just kind of com confused. Like the boil thing, uh -huh. thing on it, and he was healed. And that wasn't the stereotypical way they killed those. Um, seems pretty m miraculous to me. And then like Jesus put mud on the eyes. Like why mm -hmm. didn't he just not uh, just say okay you're healed? Yeah. Mud on the eyes of the blind guy to make him. Ha no, that's and good. That's a good point. Also, I'll like when you. he did. In the Jordan River, he had a dip like multiple times, so it wasn't instantaneous. Okay. He had to go down. Yeah, like multiple times. It actually was instantaneous. So can there be like providential miracles? Like providential <laughs> a, bl a blend. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's above my pay grade. But, uh, but I, I, do, I do know what you're saying. But Don is right that there was no recuperative period for uh, 
the ophthalmologist who, who healed who healed the blind man Jesus. Uh, it, it is as Now, the thing about a miracle too, a miracle will take natural laws and override them. Just like he did with the sundial. But it was still... Uh, now, there are times when Jesus would actually... Uh, the woman with the issue of blood. He's walking and he's there's a thousand of people around him. He said, who touched me? And the remember that, remember that story? And the minute she touched him, the issue of her blood was was dried up. And she spent her whole livelihood on trying to get healed. And she was basically broke from all the doctors and, and the charlatans. I want to give God the glory for His providential care. Yes. This is the instance that I would like to, to take a minute to relate to you. Uh, I had severe stomach pains in the up here in the stomach during the night, all night long. So I decided couldn't get into the doctor. I'll go to the emergency room. What I learned was not anything to do with the stomach pains. It had to do with getting a CAT scan and telling me that I had cancer in my right kidney. God caused me to go there to get the kind of technician knowledge that I needed not to die. Yep. And there's sometimes God answers the prayer, no. Mm -hmm. And you die. Yep. Does He have the right to do that? We just heard that this morning for those that were here for the first lesson. I was thinking that when you said you went and prayed with John, uh, you came and prayed for Rex. But it, it was we did. We did. That he said no. That <clears throat> we did. He did. He he was he was ready for Rex at that time. And, uh, you know, we we don't know all that stuff. Now, I, I don't want to get into a bunch of stories, but but I appreciate them though because we're going to run out that Don real quick. The one thing about these here, these miracles that you read about in the Scripture, quite often there is a demand for obedience that is yes. coupled to that. Yes. When God fed Israel in the wilderness with manna, He didn't just give it to them. He gave them a set of instructions to use with that. And He told Moses, I did this so that I would test them to find out if they would obey Me. Naaman the leper was the same thing. He didn't believe that dipping in that river would fail. Would, would, do anything, but he obeyed. If he'd stopped right. on the sixth one, nothing would have happened. But he obeyed all of the instructions, and on the seventh, it happened. And Allison, I, I, you know, you're right. I get Allison's point. But a lot of God's things are what I call if-then statements. If-then statements. Yeah. If you do this, then I'm going to do this. If you don't do it, not going to happen. If Naaman, now we know. Cleansing in the water, I don't know, seven times, a hundred times, whatever, does not heal leprosy. Leprosy is unhealable today. So we know it was a miracle. Because you don't heal leprosy, period. And we know that dipping in the water seven times does not heal leprosy. What did it? His obedience. So he expects us, if he says, if I want you to do this, then we, we have to do it. Uh, That's what I was going to say. It takes faith to obedience, so he just beat me to it. Okay, does somebody else have one? I did, but uh, I'm not aware. Okay, I, 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 it's going to hurt. So, 
So, no, um, no, no, I'm sorry. You're still looking at me. So, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> so um, most of the miracles that, that are done in the Bible are done to prove a point. They're done to actually prove that um, God is with this person. God is behind this person. So you should listen to like, like the call we, we did that before you came in okay <laughs> we said that before you got here okay uh, but uh, most of the time providence is one of the main differences miracles are undeniable providence is deniable like a, an atheist can look at something that happens providentially and say oh well that can happen like take John for example oh they said okay. that John didn't have a, a chance well that, well, oh, well, doctors are wrong sometimes, and that can happen. An atheist can look at that and say that has nothing to do with God, whereas a Christian would say God definitely had a hand in that. That's true. That's true. That's a, that's a valid point. Look at 1 John 5 and verse 14 and 15. 1 John 5. Now, here's the caveat. John says this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. What's the caveat? According to His will. And, and if we know that He hears us, and, and to Randy's point, it's a valid point, He hears us, Christians know that, that He hears our prayers. That whatever we ask, He hears that. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. He says if I'm going to give you. God's a good God. He's a gracious God. I'm going to give you what you what you need and what you want, if it's according to my will. Sometimes it's not according to His will, and we, and when we start quibbling on that end of the stick, we, we're going to we're going we're going to get stuck by it. Please. Well, and I think if you look at the goal is in our life, just to extend our life, then you can be disappointed in sometimes God's providence in there. But if we look at our goal of going to heaven, God, that's that's the miracle. That's that's where we're supposed to be. As hard as it is, especially with some untimely seasons of death, that's the, that's where we're heading. That's that's where we're going. And this providential care in that woman who was in, in her house, and that's wonderful. That, but right. had God said no, that's he's right. still in control. He still created heaven and earth. And I think part of the reason God doesn't do miracles is because you get even people who follow Jesus, they were following him for the food. They were following him for the, right. those things. They weren't following him for heaven. Or for no, 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 that's exactly right. And we lose track sometimes. about. You know, we all do. We have. What are we, what's this all about? Is our goal to, to have another 15 years on the earth? Is that our goal? Well, if we do, that's thank you. But we just going to get home quicker. And, and really, it, it, isn't that the bottom line of everything? That why we're here is just to hold on for dear life. And it, well, we, we want that, but it's to go and to be with the Lord. And were we successful in life if that happens? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can read Psalm That's 90 a wonderful point. Yeah. Psalm man's, what? Psalm 90. 90. Man's days will be 70 years. And if perchance, 
know, if you have seen them myth for a chance here, there you are. You are. Now, if you violate, if you violate God's laws of that He put in motion, what's going to happen to you? Now you say, I trust God. I'm going to jump off the Grand Canyon. Well, He put a law into place. It says it's called gravity. He's not going to violate the gravity. Neither you. It's not going to happen. Remember this when when, when uh, Joshua. You know, Joshua was going to war. He was killing everybody like God told him to do. Remember that? And the, the, the sun was going down. He said, I'm not going to have time to finish this job. And he said to the sun, be still. And God heard that. In fact, the, the, the Bible goes on to say that's the only time that's ever recorded or not recorded where it said God listened to a man. Was that a miracle for Joshua who was doing God's will to say, Son, stop. I've got more to take care of here before it gets dark. Yes. But I just find it so interesting that I've been studying reading for two weeks on this, is that, that God said, that's the only man I've ever listened to. <laughs> but I, I did listen, and I stopped that son. He violated his own rules of <laughs> laws of science. Now, was that a miracle? By definition, that's a miracle. He overrode his natural laws. But he's active. Oh, he's active. And we can all look back in our lives. We don't know at the time, do we? We can look back in our lives and say, Ooh, boy, he got me out of a jam there. Or he saved me here. Or I'm glad I didn't marry her. Or I'm glad this happened. Or I'm glad that happened. Or, you know, on and on and on. Or I'm glad I married her. <laughs> I'm pretty quick on my feet. <laughs> uh, but but it's a it's wonderful stuff. It, it, it really is. Just it, it really is. Um, I wanted to um, let's go to uh, be on the back page of yours. Um, and, and this, the difference between miracles and providence, and I know I'm skipping around a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, providence, God util, God's utilization of the natural law to serve His purpose. God made the natural laws, and He has the ability and the right to override those when He chooses, and He has the ability and the right because He's sovereign, as the first sermon said, to do what He wants to do, and He can do it naturally. He can do it naturally. But he's involved. Oh, he's involved. He's not in a rocking chair, sleeping, as Ryan Goodwin used to say, stroking his beard. He's not. Oh, he's active. He's active. And sometimes he does. In, he uses indirect means. Sometimes he uses direct means. But he accomplishes purpose through his providential care. Jesus said, my father works, and I must work. So we, he worked. We, we've got proof of it. Right, you know, right there, Jesus said. He did. He did. Look at, uh, on page two, or the back in your case, <clears throat> 3C. Uh, 
Now, I, I didn't write this, but I, I got this somewhere, but so it must be original. But I really like it. The notion of a providence, of providence is founded upon this truth, that the Creator has not so fixed and ascertained the laws of nature, nor is so connected nor so connected the chain of second causes as to leave the world to itself, but he still has the reins. Still has the what? The reins. Just like still in control. Still in control. <laughs> and he still got the reins, as it were, proverbially, metaphorically. But he he could just like you turn a horse. He can he can do what he wants. Has God ever used the weather in a miraculous sense? Yes. Has he but I could even debate that a little bit. Remember when he got hailstones? Now, is is our is hail a natural occurrence? A law that God set into play? Can he bring in that storm? Is that a miracle to bring in the storm to hit kill all those people, those hailstones? I don't think so. Has God used a drought before? Yes. Are droughts a part of nature? The natural order of things? Yes. But can he cause a drought providentially? Oh, yes. Is that a miracle? No. But he caused it. And, and the Bible's filled with those things. Remember Elijah? He said, I prayed to God, and in three and a half years there was not a drop of rain on the earth. He prayed again, and what happened? It rained. How about the Red Sea? Yeah. Now that was a miracle. Normally, <laughs> normally oceans and seas don't stand up on their sides <laughs> and you walk across some dry ground. So, but that's a good example. That's a miracle. Um, the, the, the flood, that may be a little... Uh, we can talk about that, Mike, and we I've got, got two minutes left. I have just a short statement. Yeah, sure. When you look at providence and we study the Word, you see the providence of God. He knows in advance what's going to happen. So, He puts all things in play for this day, for these events. That tornado was coming. That woman was going to be in her bedroom praying. And we figure out what God knows. That's right. Not. I'm not going to answer that question. No, I mean... Job strived to answer that question. Right. And he couldn't answer God. But it, it's year. We we look at things in our timeline. We see this in our in our timeline. God sees it over thousands of years and prepares it. Does has He used volcanoes in the past? You you, you pick something. Yes. <laughs> has He used earthquakes in the past to get people's attention? It does He have the ability to use volcanoes and earthquakes today to get people's attention? Yes. <laughs> yes, He does. Yes, he. <laughs> I mean, it was. Yes, he does. Will he? I don't know. Just it's a bump. I know. That's why we don't want him. We uh, we don't. Uh, that's above our pay grade. And we won't know till one day when. It, it, I, I got a feeling. You know how long we're going to remember this this world after we're on the other side? About three seconds. So I won't ask God about that. I doubt if you will. <laughs> I doubt if I... I, I won't, I'm going to ask God about... I don't think so. We're not going to care about all that. We're going to walk around the first five seconds and go... Whoa. This is cool. Yeah. 
we're not going to get into all that, I don't think. But but it's it's interesting topic. Now we now I got a lot more to go through on Wednesday night. But anyway, watch it online if you're not here. When you look at natural disasters today, and we read, hear about them on the news, there's a lot of reverse engineering going on to figure out the causes leading up to it. And we can backtrack and quite often figure out how things developed to lead that storm in, how the winds are flowing to drive storms away, and reverse back to see how what caused it. God knew that in advance. We cannot predict what's going to happen. We can figure out in right. some aspects what did. Whereas he knows in advance, I think is the is the big thing about this this whole thing. We don't understand that. Like right. I said Wednesday night, I don't understand how he made that water stand up the wall. Right. He does. And that, no doubt about that. That was a miracle. It's not it violates every law to walk on water. Now that no question, that's a miracle. But for him to bring up a cloud to Ahab and say it had rained three and a half years, and he looks over there and says, "There's a cloud coming. You better get to the palace because it's going to be a doozy." <laughs> that was not a miracle, but, but he providentially brought that cloud. Thank you. I, I knew I'd get my right start. <laughs>